Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Elevate Your Running podcast, where we discuss all things running and life. We believe in the power of running and the ways in which we are stronger through our commitment. Our goal is to provide you, the listener, with value that can be applied to your training and mindset, helping you to show up as the best version of yourself day in and day out. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to stay up to date on all future episodes and leave a review through the platform in which you are listening. Your support helps us to continue to build a community of like-minded people who strive to elevate their body, mind, and spirit through running. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Elevate Your Running podcast. My name is Sarah Mandershed and I'm here with Austin Myers. And we are here to talk all about training hacks to help you PR your next race. Whether you run, ride, hike, or swim, you understand what it means to push harder, reach farther, and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. And that's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build endurance, boost energy, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real-time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. For a limited time, you get 20% off your entire Inside Tracker store. You can just go to insidetracker.com forward slash elevate your running. And that's insidetracker.com forward slash elevate your running. And Austin, hello. How are you? Sarah, I am doing well. Thank you for that wonderful ad read there. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to try not to take us too far off track to begin this episode, but for whatever reason, as you were introducing the episode, I was sitting here thinking, man, I'm really tired of summer and I'm so ready <laughs> for fall running. And I've seen a lot of the same sentiments from people on social media, but we're in August. Um, I know where I'm at at least right now in Kentucky, August is typically the most humid part of the year. So if you're in a hot and humid area, just know that fall is coming and some of your best running is on its way. Yeah, that's so exciting. I don't know if you saw my story this morning, but I went for a short run and it was finally cool, like 56, 57 degrees. And there wasn't this like, you know, bananas uh sort of humidity attached to it so it felt incredible and i'm here for it <laughs> it's absolutely game changing i'm so excited yeah. for it <laughs> same um well let's kick off this episode um austin i'd love to hear your elevated moment for the day yeah it's uh it's a big one i've kind of been sitting on it for a while as we're now in mid-August, but my elevated moment for the week is that I've got a new job and I'm actually going to be moving across the country for it. Um, I'm moving to just outside of Austin, Texas in Round Rock to be working with a company that I really believe in the mission and vision of 
which is Bear Performance Nutrition BPN Supplements. Um, and I will be doing content writing and marketing for that company. And I have been working with them the last two weeks remotely from Kentucky. Um, but later this week, Abby and I will be moving out to Texas and I'll get to work in person, which I'm really excited for. Uh, but this is an opportunity that I'm just thrilled for and really looking forward to. And uh, we always like to put the disclaimer out there. The podcast is continuing and we're going to continue to <laughs> release great content through the Elevate Your Running podcast. But this is a really exciting career opportunity. Oh my gosh, it is. I'm so, so excited for you. And when we talked about it and, um, you know, I heard the news, I just thought like, what a great fit. It's a perfect fit for you. It's a great company. You believe in their mission. Um and they have a great mission and um, you get to do what you love, which is writing. And that's going to be really, really fun. So I can't wait to see what you get to create outside of Austin, Texas. And um, and we have I know we have a lot of listeners that live in Texas, so you're going to a great place. I've heard really good things about the community. And for my third training cycle, my third marathon training build, um, I am moving for the third time. So I have <laughs> I have not had a marathon training cycle where I have not had to relocate. I don't want to say had to. I have gotten to relocate uh, from Kentucky to Colorado, from Colorado back to Kentucky. And now we're going down south to Austin, Texas. I love it. Maybe we should do an episode about, you know, how to structure training when you're going through a cross country move. <laughs> Not easy. I have no good advice on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you crushed your first two marathons. So I'm excited to see what you get to create in New York um, this fall. And you're still like, you have plenty and plenty of weeks and plenty of time to train and um, build that fitness. Absolutely. What is your elevated moment of the week, Sarah? Um, well, we didn't talk about this last week on the podcast, although you could probably hear it in my voice. Um, I, I got COVID, oh, two, two plus years about <laughs> of running, running away from it. It finally caught up to me. And, um, you know, I was in pretty bad shape last week. I mean, mild symptoms, but I guess the biggest thing is fatigue, right? And for someone who loves to be on the go, for someone that packs their schedule, that was really tough for me to just like, you know, give myself grace and say, you get to take a nap every day and like do what you can do to set yourself up for success. And, um, you know, I'm over a week out from, um, you know, first having symptoms and that feels really good. But like we were talking about before we uh, hit record, like yesterday, I was feeling amazing. Like my old self took a nap. Um, which was fine. Went out for my first run yesterday, also felt pretty good. And today is like a totally different day. So um, hopefully I have more good days than bad days and we'll just continue moving forward with training for Chicago and doing everything I can do to get the rest that I need until I feel like myself every single day. So yeah. Yeah. Well, you've definitely been, you know, doing your best to overcome it. And I know you will. You were in a really good stretch of training before you got COVID. So I'm looking <laughs> forward. I, I believe that that you'll come out of it just fine and and regain that that excitement for training and really get after it towards Chicago. So um hoping that you feel better really soon. 
as we get into our topic of the day, we can actually build off of what we were just discussing with Sarah for hack number one. We're going to discuss training hacks for your next race and how these five training hacks can help you to set a personal best at any distance. These can apply to any distance that you want to race from 5K to marathon. The first training hack is to meet yourself where you're at. And that's certainly something that Sarah has learned over the last week. But we can all apply to our training to meet ourselves where are at, where we are at, and what that means. Because we have to, coming into a training cycle or the pursuit of a goal, we have to understand where we're currently standing, both in terms of fitness, our ability to commit to a goal, and all of the ways that our current ability level are going to contribute to the training that's going to take place over the course of weeks and months. So our encouragement for hack number one, now I'll let Sarah build on this, is that you need to meet yourself where you're at and you cannot outrun your current ability or commitment level. Because if you try to run far too fast, you're going to burn out very quickly. If you try to run seven times a week and you really only have time for four or five sessions a week, you're going to burn yourself out not only mentally, but physically as well. And those two things work together. And if we can find that happy medium, understanding where we're currently at, what we can currently give, and we can build from that point, that allows us to see results over time. But if we try to jump, that's what a lot of people do. If we try to jump to that end goal, where we want to be 16 weeks from now, we think we can take one giant leap to that point. We're never actually going to get there. It takes the incremental progress from day to day and week to week to get to that point. Absolutely. I mean, this is like a foundational hack, if you will. Like, we all get to meet ourselves where we're at at the beginning of training, or um, even if it's, you know, just working with a coach or not working with a coach and getting out the door and wanting to improve your fitness, spend more time on feet. Um, that sort of thing. You get to evaluate where you're at currently. What are you doing? Are you walking every single day for an hour? Amazing. That's really great time on feet. And you can probably give yourself some extra running time too, as you get into it. Um, Are you, you know, trying to do a couch to 5k? That's going to look a lot different than someone like Austin and myself. We run consistently year round. We're in and out of training cycles, but we always have a really nice base built. Um, Far too often, I see a lot of athletes who will come to me and say, I want to run my first marathon. And it's like, okay, great. Which one do you have in mind? And they'll, you know, maybe say one that's like three to four months away. And they're also not running. Well, that's fighting off a little bit more than anyone can chew. I think anyone who has trained for a marathon knows that it's different from really any other distance, uh, shorter than that distance. Like training for a half marathon is very, very different from training for a marathon. And, um, and you get to set yourself up for success. So that looks like, you know, maybe a few months or six months, maybe it's half a year of just building your base and getting your body used to what you can do on a weekly basis. Um, 
And the other piece to all of this is not outrunning your current ability. I have athletes who would say, I want to be cute, and that's great. But if you are, you know, a lot of time away from your BQ distance, let's say you need to run a sub three and you're running a four hour marathon right now, it's going to take maybe a few marathons, maybe five, maybe seven to get down to that sub three. Like it's going to take time and it's more of that long-term goal versus um, a short-term goal. So hack number one, meeting yourself where you're at, knowing where you're at, and also knowing your current ability and what you're able to do. This can also apply to workouts. I think that's a really big piece too. I see a lot of athletes who love to just like push the envelope on track workouts or go like 100% full out for every track workout, even though there are paces clearly listed in (laughs) Final Surge. Um, You don't need to go all out. You get to... Be, and this is going to come in for another hack down down the line. Um, you know, you get to be more intentional with that day and what that um, and what that looks like. So, don't outrun your current ability. Patience is a virtue, and patience is going to get you um, to where you want to go. It might just take longer than what you think it's going to be, but ultimately, if you're consistent and you meet yourself where you're at, you don't outrun your current ability. You stay consistent, you train hard, you get to have fun, you stay injury-free, you're most likely will hit that goal. Yeah, I mean, Sarah, there's a popular saying that goes, comparison is the thief of joy. And I think that a lot of times comparison is what holds us back from achieving this first hack. Um, It's far too easy to get on social media and see people who are running a certain amount of miles per week or maybe they're hitting certain paces, maybe they are achieving the goal that you hope to achieve one day. And we fool ourselves into thinking, if I do exactly what they are doing, I will get to that point. But we're looking at the picture far too broadly. We have to look Mm -hmm. at the details of what we can do. And really what they're doing is just showing up consistently for probably years upon years of just training and and being there and putting in the miles and building the base and peaking for a race and then coming down and and repeating that process so you know we have to make sure that we are not comparing ourselves to other people certainly important to to look up to people and how they perform and i do believe that success leaves clues but we cannot simply try to replicate the performance of someone else absolutely totally agree with that um you know, a great example is um, if everything goes the way it should this week, I'll be running about 63 miles. And that's not even really close to where we're going for Chicago. We have nine weeks left, so I still have quite a bit of a build to go. Um, and my training is going to look very different from someone else who's running Chicago. And their goal might be very different than my goal. And that's okay. Like, we all get to you know, compete with one person when it comes to running, and that's ourselves. If we're showing up and being our best self every day, getting a little bit faster, um, being a little bit more consistent, doing all those extra little things outside of running, um, you know, you're winning. And at some point, it could be short term, it could be long term, you're going to see that pay off. 
Yeah, I want to, before we move on to hack number two, I want to throw a shout out to last week's guest, Jason Fitzgerald. Um, and he put something up on his Instagram a few days ago that I absolutely loved. And he put it into words in a way that I have not been able to do in the in the few years that I've been running. And he said, I love that running is much more objective than other sports. It's just you, your competitors, and the clock. That simplicity means that your successes and failures are objectively great or terrible. This means clear, quick feedback loops so that you can improve rapidly. So that's Jason Fitzgerald. He was on the show for episode number 30. And just what he said there about feedback loops is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, If we do... If we stay in our lane and if we train to our current ability level and meet ourselves where we're at, we will see that feedback loop and we'll probably see improvement. And then you just continue to build from that point. And if the feedback loop closes, then you make some changes and you continue to see it open back up and you can improve again. Um, But that's there for us. That's what I love about running. The information's there. We just have to be willing to look for it and to not get distracted by the information that other people are putting out because it's probably specific to what they're doing. So that is hack number two, one. Number one. (laughs) Number one. All right, so hack number two, schedule your time and be accountable. Make it visible. This is huge. Um, This is absolutely huge. Anytime we get into into full training, whether it's a 5K, 10K, half, full marathon, um, there will be a lot of time dedicated to training, right? Especially for the marathon. Like, I think everyone is very surprised when they go through their first marathon training cycle of how much time it actually takes. I know I was incredibly surprised. I thought I worked out like six days a week. I'm like, this isn't going to be a big shift for me. It was a huge shift, huge. And, um, and I thought I worked out like, all the time. So I can't even imagine what it feels like for other people who might not, you know, be in that same sort of mindset. Um, So scheduling your time and being accountable to yourself, this looks like, you know, maybe on Sunday night, knowing what your plan looks like for the week ahead, factoring how much time each run is going to take. And if you're driving to your, um, to your route, really factor in the driving time too and the warm up time and the stretching time things that you're doing after your run to hold yourself um high and stay injury free and that could be the foam rolling some static stretching an epsom salt bath you know a really great breakfast or meal or snack after your run um hydrating and making sure that you have like your hydration tablets um stocked up and things like that So on Sunday, you know, scheduling out your whole week and also factoring in what time you are going to be the most successful to get your run in. Because we've mentioned this before on the podcast, as soon as you start negotiating with yourself, it's all over. And really letting your training not take over your life. And we, you know, we definitely need to balance it, but also knowing that your training is important and it does get to make and find time in your schedule. One of the easiest ways that I've found to be successful with my training is doing um, each season's a little bit different, but running at the same time every day. So I love morning running. So 
in the summer months, definitely first thing, one of the first things that I do in the winter, it might be more around like 1130 or 1230, like the lunch hour ish, because it could be like one of the warmest parts of the day. And I really don't like running after, you know, one o'clock. It's just, I don't know. It's not great. I really love getting my run done first thing. Um, and repeating that, right? Like if you, um, have a really busy schedule, you get into a habit, you get into a routine of waking up and getting out the door. And maybe that means waking up earlier than you want to, or earlier than you would on a rest day and going to bed, maybe a little bit earlier to kind of, um, you know, set yourself up for success. So you can wake up, you can get out the door, you can get your run in, or maybe it's over the lunch hour and you know, like, you're going to take a little bit longer of a lunch hour and it's going to be your time and you're going to turn the phone off and it's going to be awesome. But you make a commitment to yourself. You hold yourself accountable because that's one of, I think the easiest things for athletes who are incredibly busy with a busy career, a busy family life. Maybe they commute. There's a lot going on. They're maybe very social is if they find that their running is taking place sporadically throughout every single day and you can't pinpoint exactly when you're going to run because you're just going to try and fit it in, you're probably not going to get your run done and you're not going to be able to, you know, show up for yourself. You're not going to be able to be consistent and it's going to start a whole other spiral of things um, to happen during your training. Yeah, Sarah, before we started recording, I was telling you that I haven't been as consistent as I've been in the past with the mm -hmm. time that I run. Um, I've been running the same amount of days per week, about six days per week. Um, but it's kind of wavered on exactly what time I've I've been running. And in the past, I've found the most success when I run pretty much first thing every single morning. There's a routine that goes into my, my pre-run um, schedule, but I'm basically getting my marathon training done before the day starts. And having not been doing that as consistently over the past few weeks, I've really found that it's kind of um, been weighing on me mentally, because it's something that I care about. And we certainly hope that everyone who's training towards a goal that you really care about it, and that it's something that um, you love to do, and you love to pour your heart into it, so that you can see the results and see the person that you become through the experience. But I've found that if I'm sitting there, you know, wondering what time am I going to get out the door to run? Is it going to be 2 p.m., 4 p.m., 6 p.m. Even if I tell myself, okay, you're going to get out there at this time. If it's not done, it weighs on me mentally until it gets done. And what I find then is, okay, it takes me maybe 90 minutes to two hours from start to finish for me to do my training for that day. But we're not factoring in the amount of time that it's weighing on us mentally. And that can be a stress in our lives. So my encouragement and the tangible piece of this for anyone listening for hack number two is that you're going to schedule your time. You're going to make it visible. So it's something that you see and you're going to be accountable to it. Mm -hmm. The mindset that you need to have for this is that you've already made the agreement with yourself. You've already signed the contract to train for this race or to um, 
invest in becoming a better runner or maybe just a healthier person? What is it going to take to get to that point? You need to see it. Um, there's so many ways to do this. You can be a person who writes it down and you see it visually. Um, I've messed around a little bit with like scheduling things on my Google calendar and it's like a widget on the front screen of my phone. So I basically see the times that I had already made the agreement to do my marathon training and to perform other tasks throughout the day, whatever it looks like for you. I know some people have a lot of success with just writing themselves notes um, or reminders and putting it on their bathroom mirror. Like these little things where you see it and you remind yourself, oh, this is something that I've committed to. I need to do it. So make it visible for yourself. Schedule and hold yourself accountable to the time that you are setting aside to develop. Absolutely. Um, all right. Hack number three. Celebrate your successes, your elevated moments. And make it attractive, make it fun. Um, I've, I've talked about this, I think on the podcast or maybe on Instagram stories. Um, when I go through a hard workout or when I have a really successful training week or you know, I've done a hard thing or I got outside of my comfort zone, I like to celebrate it. And for me in the summer, it's celebrating with an iced coffee. It just feels so great to be able to like order one, it tastes amazing. Have the caffeine boost. I'm well on my way to having a really productive day. Um, so it's kind of twofold there. But when you do have a huge milestone or milestones, let's make this fun. Let's celebrate that. Let's acknowledge it. Let's do something that's going to fill your cup. Like it could be you know, a new pair of running shoes or a new running outfit or an iced coffee, or maybe you're taking yourself out to a nice dinner, something like that to be able to like show yourself that you're, you know, able to recognize when things are going well. And you also get to celebrate it. You get to have fun. If training isn't fun, what are we doing now? It also gets to be hard, right? But we also get to have fun and, you know, really celebrate those huge milestones and huge moments, because I'm a big believer that during the training cycle, many athletes have like a turning point. If things were going maybe not as great as they wanted, if they were being inconsistent, if they were feeling like, you know, all their runs just felt really hard. And then if there's a turning point and really like pinpointing it, acknowledging it, lifting it high, celebrating it, and really celebrating your your yourself right um and then moving forward it's going to build positive positive momentum and that's always a great thing to have when you're training you know i think a lot of people um i don't want to say a lot of people but there's certainly um you know a big community that gets built around running uh and i think for good reason, because what it does is it makes the act of running and the workouts that you do, it makes it attractive to people because they know I'm going to show up. I'm going to see people who are my friends, who are aligned with my goals. We're going to train hard. And then a lot of times with these community settings, maybe you'll go out for dinner or just community time afterwards. And what, what that's doing, what that environment's doing is it's making the act of showing up 
and getting the workout in attractive. And that's really important. We're pulling, you know, this make it visible, make it attractive uh, from James Clear's Atomic Habits. It's making it to something that before you even do it, you want the outcome that it provides. So if you're showing up to the workout, you're excited for the workout, but you're also excited for the feeling that you get after the workout. It's like the endorphins that you get from running. It's a huge piece to the puzzle. Um, so we need to be able to celebrate, like we mentioned, our elevated moments. Uh, some of the ways that I do that, you know, if I have a big workout, certainly iced coffee is a really good one, especially in the summer. Um, another one is just really emphasizing nutrition. And, you know, I'll use the term reward myself with nutrition. What I'm actually saying there is, I'm going to make sure that I'm fueling myself appropriately for the workout that got done. So I really invest in making sure that I have nutritious food that's going to help me to recover. And I take pride in the ability to prepare that food and to consume that food and to, you know, be prepared in that way for not only the training side of things, but also the recovery side of things. And then I think another piece is allowing yourself uh, allowing yourself some downtime. You know, a lot of times our long runs uh, in a marathon training cycle will occur on the weekend. And I think the great part about that, especially if you're doing your long runs on maybe a Saturday, is that you can enjoy some downtime on a Saturday evening knowing that the work got done and hopefully it, you performed really well. Um, and what does that downtime look like? Maybe it's just time where you don't worry about it. You can just kind of let it fade to the background of your mind. Because like I mentioned on the last hack, we really can't calculate how much time we actually spend thinking about these things every single day or week. And those, they can weigh on us. So really emphasize the fact that you can celebrate the work that you've put in. And then knowing that with each new day, with each new week, you get to show up and you get to perform again. And it's just a feedback loop where you basically work really hard and then you get to reap the benefits of that hard work. And I think that that's a lesson that running teaches so many of us and uh, something that we can apply outside of running to our personal, professional uh, lives. So that is, hack, that is hack number three. Hack number four is to be intentional with the purpose of the day's training session. This is certainly something that we've talked a lot about in past podcast episodes, but it cannot be emphasized enough because it's very important. What do we mean by that? To be intentional with the purpose of the day's session. What we're talking about is that when you come into a week of training and it's training geared towards a goal race, you have different styles of workout throughout that week. So you have easy runs, you have speed tempo days, which we kind of discuss as our workout days. And then you probably have a long run or a longer run in that schedule. And with each session, there should be an intention to it. So if it's an easy run, your goal is to go out there and run easy. And if you want more information on that, that is episode number 25 of the podcast, which we'll link in the show notes. But you want to make sure that the perceived effort that you're giving on that day, and it can be backed by 
heart rate data, or maybe you're looking strictly at pace, it can be back to say that you did run that run easy. And then you can also be intentional with your workout days as well. Sarah, you mentioned it earlier on in the episode that sometimes you'll, you know, program a track workout for somebody and there's specific pace prescriptions for that athlete. And those pace prescriptions are there because if they're running at a certain level of their fitness, that's going to help them improve. But we can actually run these workouts way too hard. It's very easy to do, much like we can run our easy runs too hard. We can run our interval sessions or our threshold sessions too hard. So we still need to fall into line with the purpose of that day's session, whether we're judging it off of pace or some other metric. And then for a long run, some days we'll have an easy long run. So we want to keep the heart rate down. We want to keep the effort easy throughout the entire long run. And really in those situations, the goal is just time on feet, which can be huge for marathon training. Or there are long runs where you're going to run goal pace. And I think it's crucial to be really intentional with goal pace work because it's much more than just a physical response that you get out of those uh, long runs at marathon or half marathon pace, what you're actually doing is you're ingraining that pace in your mind. You're making it something that you can then fall back on on race day. And you can show yourself that you know what that pace looks and feels like. And it helps you to fall into a rhythm when you really need it most. So to be intentional with the purpose of the day's session is absolutely crucial, but it requires your attention every single day. It really does. And I think most athletes, once they go through a full training cycle, they race, they see the results, they see what easy running does and taking each day and being really intentional with it, what that actually does. And it's a lot easier to like, to accept it and to trust the process in the next training cycle. I know it can be really hard and there's a lot of fear around how can I race fast if I'm running so slow in training? Um, but it works. Like my easy pace right now is like 9.20, 9.30 and my half marathon, you know, race pace is 6.55. Um and hopefully it gets faster this year. And marathon pace is around 7.30, hoping to bump that up closer to 7 um, at Chicago. So it's a lot of fun once you see and understand and feel the process too. Um, and I love when someone's training for a marathon, like giving a lot of goal pace work at some point during the cycle. I mean, they're going to have it throughout the entire cycle, but Getting into, like you said, Austin, that rhythm and understanding what it feels like, knowing each day it might feel a little bit different. When I first went into my, I think it was my first workout with um, with Nell, like a month ago, we did some goal pace, like goal pace for a mile. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that felt hard. Um, but knowing like, one, it's at the beginning of a training cycle. Two, you know, her advice to me was awesome. She's like, sometimes it just feels hard. Like, it's okay. It doesn't always have to feel easy. But the more that you practice running goal pace, the more familiar your body is going to get in that zone and the easier it's going to be on race day, which is really exciting too. So um, invitation to just be really intentional with everything that's listed in your workout 
And, you know, always relying back on effort too. That's always a big thing. Um, you know, if workouts do feel harder than they should, falling back on that rate of perceived exertion scale um, and knowing that you can always kind of rely more on effort in those cases and you're still making a huge deposit in the training bank. Really comes down to trust and patience. Um, you have to trust the work that you're going to put in every single week and, and how that's going to basically culminate into the result that you hope to get, um, you know, weeks or maybe months down the road. And just to have that trust in your specific process, like going back to hack number one, a good marathon training or good build to any race or any goal that you're looking to achieve should be specific to you. It should meet you where you're currently at and allow you to progress. But it can't do that if you don't allow it to. You mm -hmm. have to be very intentional with what you're supposed to do that day. Because if you're trying to skip steps, you're not going to reach the top of the ladder that you hope to achieve coming into it. Um, so that is hack number four. Be intentional with the purpose of the day's session and reap the benefits of that. Hack number five is an important one. It is to recover hard. It is to emphasize your recovery because if you are very excited and you are driven towards a goal, it is far too easy to skip recovery. It is far too easy to overemphasize the work and underemphasize the time that allows you to really do the work, uh, which is that recovery time. It's the time that you're sleeping. It's the time that you are prepping nutritious meals that are going to help your body recover and fuel it for the next workout. Recovery is absolutely crucial. And, you know, if you are training for a race and you have many other things in your life going on, which I think we encourage people to do, like we want you to pursue goals outside of simply running. And when we do that, we feel like we're almost losing time in the day and in the week. I've found myself literally like, trying to take inventory of how much time is in every single week and to divvy up the time in every single week. And I think that a lot of people fall into that where they just don't feel like there's enough time in a day. Before you know it, you're telling yourself at 10 a.m., oh, I'm going to go to bed earlier tonight. And then at 10 p.m. or 11 p.m., you're still awake working or doing something that is not sleeping. You have to honor that. You have to honor your body and the work that it's putting in and we can truly only do that by emphasizing the recovery just as much, if not more, than the work that we're doing. Absolutely. My coach gave great advice to me three, four weeks ago. I ran, um, and I've talked about this on the podcast a little bit, um, my long runs for the first month of training were, you know, long runs, 10, 14, 16 miles but we were doing goal pace work the next day. And I think I had three of them. And the sec the first one went great. The second one did not. And leading into the third one, where I had 16 miles on Saturday, I had a nine mile run on Sunday, but there was a 7K of marathon goal pace. And, you know, really working on hitting it and holding it and not backing off. And you know, my coach that week said, one, you can do this. And yeah, we're bumping up your goal pace. It was a 5k last week. This week, it's 7k. You totally got this. And 
recover hard on Saturday after your long run and you'll be fine. And what she meant by that was, you know, wearing the compression boots, if you have them or the compression socks are great. So I don't have boots, um, but I do have socks and I threw the socks on and had them on um, throughout the day. Um, I usually wear them for like 20 or 30 minutes at a time. Um, I took an Epsom salt bath. I stretched. I actually relaxed. Now this was pre-COVID. I actually relaxed, took a really easy Saturday night, set myself up for success with a really great meal, got to bed on time. And guess what? The next day I freaking flew on that, on that run. And like, I nailed it and it felt so good. And sometimes it's just doing some extra little things when you are feeling fatigued, when you have just finished a long run to set yourself up for success. Now, a lot of athletes don't have workouts the day after a long run. And that was, you know, I won't be doing that continuing like through Chicago, but you still can recover hard. You know, sleep is the number one recovery tool. So making sure, you know, seven hours at a minimum, eight is super great. Um, Even taking a nap after your long run, if you need to do that, that is a huge, huge recovery piece. Um, The nutrition, the hydration, eating and drinking, you know, 30 to 45 minutes after a run is ideal. Resting. Um, and just really trying to do everything you can do to set yourself up for a really great week the next week, or maybe you do have a workout after your, you know, your weekend long run, something like that. Um, the elevate athletes are starting to get this as a note in final surge on Saturdays and it's recover hard. And it has all of those things listed, things that they can do in case they forget to remind themselves that they are athletes. And yes, we also get to be you know, parents and be significant others and be friends and community members. And we also get to honor the fact that if you're running, you know, 16, 18, 20 miles, we can give ourselves some extra time during the day to really recover. So we feel our best self and that we're putting our best self out there for the rest of the day or for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, I think it's a common message to hear that you need to recover hard, you need to sleep a certain amount of hours each night. And unfortunately, I think the common response for many of us, and Sarah, I'm sure this includes both you and I, is yes, but like, okay, I understand what you're saying, and I believe in it, but you don't understand my life in this way. Like, you don't understand that I also need to do this and this and this. And that's why I can only get a certain amount of sleep. And, you know, I really loved that you were mentioning the identity piece to all of this. I think it's crucial that we buy into, especially if we're in a training cycle where it's really using up time of our week. It's so crucial that we buy into that aspect of our identity, because when we do, it really puts yourself in the position of I need to problem solve. I need to find solutions in this moment. And I think that one of the harder things that I find with marathon training is midweek, actually. Um, you know, let's say you have a workout on, it could be a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. So it's a speed workout, probably decent high volume. And you need to not only be prepared going into that workout, 
but there's a good chance that you have a run the next day as well. And it may be an easy run, but it's important that you recover coming out of that workout as well. And how do we do that in the middle of the week when we're probably at our busiest? Well, that's your opportunity to rise to the occasion. If you're struggling to get prepared for a long run or to recover coming out of a long run into a new week, that's your opportunity to problem solve and rise to the occasion. All of this is about how we frame it in our mind. And if we put ourselves in the situation of yes, but we're framing ourselves as the victim and no one wants to work with a victim. You, you are not a victim. You get to choose how to overcome the obstacles that are in your way. Because when you show up to the start line of one of these races, you're surrounded by people who have either overcome the challenges or have placed themselves in the situation of victimhood. And you quickly realize who is who once you see how people are performing out on the course. Success leaves clues because the way that we perform is often a result of how we perform in the months that precede that opportunity to show up and race hard. So you get to choose. You get to find the solutions or find the excuses. And that is hack number five, to recover hard because you cannot make excuses for recovery. It has to be there. Um, I've certainly been slacking at it recently. Uh, coming out of my rant, I can say that I've probably not been the best <laughs> in this way. So I'm ranting to myself. But when we start to emphasize recovery, it truly is a very quick um, positive feedback loop. You really see that, oh, there is a great return in my investment of recovery. And I think that's something that every athlete will benefit from. Absolutely. Be the hero. Be the hero of your recovery and know that you are an athlete and you deserve the time to do it. So you set yourself up for success, you know, for the next day, whether that's a rest day, an easy run. You know, I have a usually a 10 mile workout on Wednesday mornings and then I'm running about right now it's four miles at night um, for a double. That's 14 miles on a Wednesday. It's midweek, right? Setting myself up for success with, you know, keeping a lighter Wednesday schedule where I can focus on more nutrition. I can focus on, you know, more computer time and I'm not on my feet um, outside of those runs, things like that. It's a huge, huge, huge piece. And um, I know everyone can do it. I believe in everyone listening that they can absolutely recover hard and show up and be, you know, their strongest self on race day. Yeah. And if you want any more information on any of the five hacks that we just mentioned, uh, certainly look through the archives of our podcast, because I think that every single one of these hacks we have probably done a full length or a pretty good discussion on in one of our past episodes from one of the previous 30 episodes that we've put out so far. And if we haven't done it, we certainly will be soon. So, you know, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you do enjoy the podcast and, and you listen to our weekly releases, uh, if you could, you know, leave a review on the platform that you're listening to, that would certainly help us out. We've really enjoyed getting to sit down every single week and talk about the thing we love, which is running and, and the development that that provides us with. So we thank you for listening and um, continuing to follow along with everything that we've got going on in the Elevate Your Running community. And if you'd like to follow along with our lives, 
on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Austin Myers 12. And Sarah, where can they connect with you and the Elevate Your Running brand? Yeah, Instagram and Twitter at Sarah, S-A-Y-R-A-H, runs happy and at Elevate Your Running. Thank you everyone for listening this week. You're amazing. You're strong. You totally got this. Go out there, be consistent, work hard, have fun, recover hard, and good things will come. <laughs>